Antidote by Mallory Blackman Read by Roger Griffiths Prologue I'm in deep, deep trouble. I'm like the biggest fool in the universe. I'm about to wade out even deeper still. But I don't have any choice, because they've got my mum. I've been warned that I'll never see her again if I try anything, anything at all. I know they're watching me, so I'm having to think fast. All I've managed to come up with so far is this. It's not perfect, it's not ideal. It's not even clever, really, but it's all I can think of. I'm going to record the whole story on Mum's computer, then back it up onto discs and give them to Nosh with a message saying, if anything should happen to me, When people do that in films, I always think, yeah, right. Such a cliché, if anything should happen to me. In the films, they always know something's going to happen to them. Why else would they leave those kind of instructions? But in my case, I really don't know what's going to happen. I wish I did. Even if it's going to be something bad, I wish I knew. Not knowing is the worst thing in the world. Everything that's happened, I didn't even hope. I can appreciate now how Marie Antoinette felt in her prison cell, waiting to have her head lopped off. I don't have much time. It's very hard to try and sort out my thoughts, but I must. It's difficult when all I keep thinking is that if certain people have their way, in a few hours' time, Mum and I will disappear, never to be seen again. So I'd better get this right. I'll make sure that if Mum and I do disappear, then those responsible don't get away with it. I'll tell everything as best I can. Just as it happened. Everything. It's Wednesday now, late afternoon, ten past five. Seventeen ten hours exactly. I've got four hours before they come for me. So here goes. This all started six days ago. Six days ago on Thursday. Thursday. Chapter 1. The Dreaded Question. I chewed on my pencil deep in thought. Mr. Oakley was only three away from asking me the dreaded question. What was I going to say? Your turn, Anne. What does your mum do for a living? Asked Mr. Oakley. I switched my pencil from one side of my mouth to the other and carried on chewing. I gazed out of the classroom window in a bit of a wistful haze. I admit it. My mum's a squadron leader in the SAS. She rescued the Prime Minister when he was kidnapped a few months ago, and no one ever heard about it because mum was on a top-secret mission. My mum can't find a job, sir. She's on the dole. Anne replied to the teacher's question. One down, two more to go, and then... And you, Shula... What about your mum? What does she do? Asked Mr. Oakley. I drifted back into my daydream again, answering the teacher's question in my head. My mum's about to be signed up by Arsenal Football Club. She's going to be the first ever woman centre forward. Mum works for the BBC. She produces radio programmes for the radio. Shula preened. Well, she wouldn't produce radio programmes for the TV, would she? Harrison muttered from beside me. Rotten. Poser. Harrison, or Nosh as everyone calls him, 
wasn't the only one muttering under his breath. Everyone in the class had heard about Shula's mum and her job, and the mega amounts of money she got paid, and the stars she had lunch with, until we were all sick up to the eyebrows of hearing it. She gets really well paid, and she... Yes, Shula, I think we get the idea, said Mr. Oakley, moving on quickly. Your turn, Nosh. What does your mum do? I smiled miles away, as I considered another possibility. My mum's going to be the first person on Mars. Her spaceship leaves from Brighton tomorrow morning at dawn. Yeah, that's what my mum should do. If only. Sir, my mum says she's a domestic technical engineer, Nos said proudly. My ears pricked up. That sounded interesting. I didn't know Nosh's mum did anything like that. Oh, yes. What's a domestic technical engineer? Mr. Oakley asked.